Welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast with your hosts Kamande and Kigondu. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4. We have four episodes in, eh? What's the word? No, numero what? numero numero what's numero four, four in numero four in Spanish? Numero nne. Abu, okay. what's numero four in Spanish? What's four in Spanish? Asawa. Cuatro, okay. numero cuatro. <laughs> ah, fantastic, man. Um numero cuatro. Yeah. That's so, yeah, man. Karibu sana. It's always a pleasure to have you guys. Um as always, we have beautiful people around us in a beautiful space. Eh, damu zetu zimechemka kidogo. Maybe we'll tell you why, uh, but all in all, it's a beautiful day wherever you're listening to us from, whatever year, ikweni 2050, ikweni 2020, in whatever year of the Lord. Welcome and uh, let's have a good time. The Busy Being Born podcast. This episode, numero 4, is brought to you by Prevail Beyond <laughs> Entertainment. Uh, Prevail Beyond Entertainment is a arts company that endeavors to echo the call in their name as fully in their mission, that is, to prevail beyond entertainment. The creative house uses theater, film, and the arts to evoke, engage, and empower, besides just entertaining. I'm known for their stage productions as Prevail Arts Company and for their film productions as Beyond Entertainment. The company also engages in casting, performing arts, consultation, and training for individuals and institutions. So check them out if you have an institution um, that um, needs some training around performing arts. Um, their works constantly and profoundly endeavor to remind us that the arts and intellectualism are inseparable. And they are that proof. Um, look out for their latest artistic projects and engage with them on their socials via Facebook, where they're also known as Prevail Arts Company Kenya, and on Twitter and Instagram um, using their handles Prevail at It. Prevail, A R T I T, where the art is an R for, uh, for Prevail at It. And check out their short films, uh, project trailers, and more of their YouTube channel, Beyond Entertainment Kenya. And don't forget, the B in their beyond spelling is with a double E. That's very important, eh? Nuki. Mm, Nuki. Nuki, eh? They have a short film out titled Contained that stars our very own Kigondu. Drum um, And our lovely guest today. Our lovely guest today. Teren, teren. We'll let you know. We'll let, we'll you, let know. you know. Yeah. All right. Like you Washaona. 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 So... Ladies and gents, uh, boys and girls, welcome. We have a guest. We have a guest. Yes, we do. We do have a guest. Um, we have a guest. We have a guest. <laughs> Who, who's asking? Are, are they? Um, are they brilliant? Of course. Mm. Uh, do they represent the motherland? They represent the motherland, of course. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, the most important question: Are they busy being born? Definitely. That's the only reason they're here. Hey, hey, so ladies and gentlemen, we welcome the one and only Akinyi Olwoch. Akinyi Olwoch. Karibu sana. Asante. Mm. Yeah. So Nango. glad to be here. Bera inyatoin. Hey, mm. I have no idea Shio what maber. I should say. <laughs> maber, maber. Kabisa. Ibi yeah. naade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah, which, uh, Is that all you know? That's, that's all. all. <laughs> <laughs> the other words we know ni chafu chafu. Because that's what you do when you learn a new language. Yeah. Uko. So what is, uh-huh. 
so that you're not uh, yeah. dissed or anything like that. Yeah. So that you can also diss. Oh my. Oh, that's what you tell the pretty girls. Mm. I like your... Uh, you're just like, eh, jabber, eh, jabber, jabber, jabber. Eh. It's the most overused word, but that's hey. Sianda from CIA. Oh my goodness. That means something, doesn't it? Okay. There we are. Is that all you know? <laughs> that, Tell that, us more about Akinyi. So, um, Akinyi Olwatch is an award-winning actress. I like calling them actors. Yeah, I think they like it too. Yeah, because you don't ever hear someone called a doctress, exactly. do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the one and only phenomenal actor who happens to be a vegan, uh, a performing arts teacher, a voice artist, mm. a poet, an MC, a singer, songwriter, and uh, a yoga trainer. And hey, she's out here busy being born. Uh, <laughs> and most recently graduated with a BA in psychology. Yes. Hey, congratulations. Awesome. Well done. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Akinyi uh, won the um, Best Actress in uh, yeah. 2018 at the Sana Awards. Yes. Uh, for her role as Sarafina in the play by the same title. Mm. was part of the Two Early Four Birds, Brazen Ensemble. Yes. And was most recently part of a Kenyan duo that pulled off an online staging wow, yes. of the female Frankenstein. Yeah. That was phenomenal. That was so great. Hey, to so man, to watch, to go to Asia. People doing things out here. She busy also... Busy being born. Busy being born, for sure. Hey, you line. She featured in uh, a couple uh, film productions over the years. The most current uh, being a short film with some random guy. Oh, hey. come on. Is that how you're going to introduce our film? No, it's King the other Kondu. guy. Like, it's Akinyi and some guy. Is <laughs> <laughs> the other guy you? Yeah, the other guy okay. happens to be me. <laughs> <laughs> but right. anyway, um, she can speak a couple of languages. Gosh. So, she, like you've had, she's done a bit of law. She could do Swahili, English, yeah, and also Korean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is there anything else? No, I, I think really. <laughs> Chinese as well. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Mm. Korean, fantastic. Um, she's the most current MC for Kwani Open Mic. Yes, I am. And we have an event on the 1st of December. It's coming, yeah? Mm. Yeah, first of... 2020, lockdown is Kiza and you're in like 2040, you go, first December, I need to go. Yeah, so 2020. <laughs> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, as in Nikita Jill's poem, which uh, we stole from one of uh, our guests' socials, uh, our guest today is certainly both wolf and woman. Our guest for the day, ladies and gents. Akini or watch or as we sit as some of us, but I'm sure a lot of us call her mm. Queen Akini. Queen Akini, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for making time. I know it's been a very eventful morning. Oh, it was a beautiful morning. Beautiful morning. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, this question is very cliche, but it's very important that we always start at this All right. point. How have the last eight months been for you? Wow. I feel like it's eight months, right? Hmm? Yeah. That's a very Oprah kind of question. Hey, <laughs> everybody gets a question. Okay, so <laughs> wow, the last eight months for me have been uh, eight months of growth, the most immense growth I have ever gone through. And I think it's because we were, for the first time in humanity, allowed to be human beings and not human 
doings because we were just at home mm -hmm. being during this pandemic. And so we had a lot of opportunities to heal, to look at things we should have done but didn't do and truly examine who we are and what we want. So I was able to go through that evolution mm. of self. So the last eight months, truly, I would say, I have gone through immense evolution of self. Yes. And, and are there days um, that you ended up uh, on this other side, you know, feeling like you don't interact more with people, um, mm. feeling um, the need and the urge for you know, being with other people because, you know, you're, you're not just a human being by yourself. Yeah. Um, are there days that you missed that feeling? Of course. I missed going out, first of all, mm -hmm. for events and, you know, meeting friends you haven't met in a very, very long time and hugging. That human touch and connection, that's something that I truly, truly missed. But I think uh, being, I'm an ambivert, mm -hmm. so I'm both extroverted and introverted. So I think I switched on my introverted side and yeah. I was like, it's time to just go in and look within. Yes. And be my introverted self because now that things are back to normal ish, ish <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're able now, I'm able now to turn on my extroverted self without feeling overwhelmed. So yes, I would say there were moments when I did want to interact with people and phone calls weren't enough. The video calls weren't enough because we weren't able to physically meet. So at that, yeah. I also realized the importance of family at that time because now they are the ones who are with you in the house. So <laughs> you must talk to them. If you want a hug, it is from them that you shall get a hug. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a, like one of the most profound openings uh, so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. You've been busy, like despite the season being what it was, you've been busy, like out here working. Uh, and I'm sure what we've just read about you mm. was just probably a bit like you're out here graduating, you're out here uh, doing movies, you're out here staging stuff. How has that been? Where finding yourself where you are right now, how has that journey been? the last few months from the start to maybe here? Well, actually, uh, when the pandemic began, it was so, it was, you know, the power of your tongue. Um, I lost my cousin to suicide in February. And so I just said, oh, I'm so tired. Can the world just stop? And it did. It really did come to a standstill. And I was like, I can breathe now. I've been doing so much in terms of um, movies and theater and hosting and studying in school and teaching in schools. I was very exhausted and very tired and very depressed too. And I didn't realize that. So taking that short break was good enough for me. And I remember during the pandemic, the first um, project that I did was uh, our movie mm. contained and I was like okay I think I think I'm ready to go back I think I'm ready to um, put my creativity into into play and ready to go back sort of go back to that side of me the creative side the acting side I was ready to do that and it was such a beautiful experience was it a beautiful experience oh, for yes it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah is um, a movie out um it should be out okay it mm -hmm. will be out uh 
present tense in a couple of weeks okay uh, yeah but right. depending on when the person is listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah. but it should be I'll check yeah. check out the and, and were your juices are you flowing much seamlessly if you may um, yeah. when you went back to uh, you know to work yeah you know. i think so i think even i wouldn't say going back i would say going forward going forward yeah, yeah mm. because it i went in to my creative space as a different person and i also evaluated um how i want to be uh an actor now going forward in this new reality of um in this pandemic with the things that i have learned and the person i have become how am i going into my work as a different person how am i bringing more of akinyi more of queen into my work so i was able to get into it from a more conscious point of view more than passively like eh, that portfolio must be filled mm-hmm. it must be filled hollywood we must go mm-hmm. it went beyond that why am i doing this what am i trying to say what stories am i trying to build am i just accumulating money and followers no it's way beyond that so definitely i would say i went into it as a very different person and even now as um people call me for jobs there are some that um the pre covid akinyi mm-hmm. would have accepted to do some of those jobs but the akinyi now would not because of the lessons i have learned yeah interesting and in school how how you you recently graduated congratulations yeah thank you yeah um how's that been because i know everyone mm. who's been um in the school setup mm. the last couple of uh, months has had a relatively hard time mm. yeah well actually i was supposed to graduate last year <laughs> <laughs> So I have been in, I've been out of school for a whole year. I was supposed to I finished in November 2019 and was supposed to graduate in December, but the university didn't have money so they were cutting down on the people graduating. So we had to wait till June and then the pandemic hit. So obviously there was no June graduation, so we had to wait till um November. So it wasn't as fresh and as exciting as you've just finished your last exam and then, you know, 3 months later you're graduating and it's exciting. So I won't say I went through the whole online schooling um uh part of it in terms of learning. Um but I was a bit sad that I didn't go up and you know <laughs> shake the VC's hand and you know walk a smile over there mm-hmm. um it was all virtual we were literally in front of the TV waiting for my name to be called and then we were like oh yeah okay let's go for lunch now um but it was better than sitting in the hot sun in Athi River so yeah um <laughs> was it but yes it was <laughs> but um my school experience has been very instrumental to my artistic experience and they've gone uh hand in hand very well uh having studied psychology and counseling and being able to understand the characters that i play in whether it's a movie or a series or a short film or in theater i was able to dissect those characters deeper and i was also able to connect and be able to disconnect with um my fellow 
actors because getting into a role is not easy and getting out of it is even the hardest. You get um, something called post-production depression where your show has ended on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You wake up on Monday and you're like, it's 4 p.m. I'm not going for rehearsal. I'm just at home. I'm just at home. And you miss everyone and... um there's something as, I don't know whether it's us city beings who are always, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? So we're always looking for the next dopamine high, you know, and especially as artists, if our artistic work is not the high, <clears throat> other things shall we'll be, be the, the high. high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, post-production depression sets in and having done psychology, I was able to, deal with it in a much better way and help some of my friends also be able to to deal with it so i would say that's how my schooling and my artistic um career have merged very well wonderful yeah Mm. and it's been a brilliant journey clearly yeah like clearly like from watching from a distance yeah uh yeah not only because we are social distancing but yeah (laughs) what kind of joke is that no but your jokes are sour um (laughs) Uh, so my question was um you left us off at uh uh just the doing contained you've just done that yeah. then you've segued into school and how that balance was then we are back to work yeah, yeah. so the next thing i i had you doing was uh, the project with your coffee yeah ah yes how did that come about the frankenstein one well, okay, so uh, Nyokafi has, uh, I think I should say this, I think she'd be very happy. She actually got a dissertation for her master's. Eish, yeah. Good for her. So uh, she was doing her final project and she decided to do an adaptation of Frankenstein, which, as you know, is played by two males. And during the pandemic period, the National Theatre in the UK was showing um, plays for free on YouTube for the duration of a week. So she decided to pick Frankenstein and told us, don't watch it. And we're like, okay, okay, we won't watch it. Uh, So she called myself and Audi Roa and we said, okay, we're in for it. And we started rehearsals through Zoom. And it was difficult, connection problems. problems and also um uh, when it lags and she's like no guys pick up your cues and we're like no it's not the cues it's the connection lag yeah Yeah. so uh we decided then um audi and i would be in one room then to make it much easier so that's what we did and nyokafi was able to get a team uh to help her on this other side so she was all the way in the uk and directing us and she did a fantastic job phenomenal job and it was beautiful for um audi and myself because we've had great chemistry we've been um we were friends for a long time and so even being uh artistic friends we were able to sort of merge very well our chemistry was so good and i think that was the actually that was the first time i've ever done anything over the internet with the director not physically being Being there in the room yes and it was difficult because you're like we're not giving her what she wants and that screen barrier was 
it was a huge hurdle to overcome. But one thing Audi and I are very good at is adaptation. And so we adapted very well to each other's energies and we were able to pull it off so well. Yeah. yeah. Where, where can people find it? I think that's one. It's and on YouTube on Nyokafi Masharia's okay. YouTube channel. We're going to link that on the episode. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. We, we don't expose as many of these things as possible. To yeah. Out there. Um, what was the initial reception, especially seeing as this was something that was done very unconventionally yes um yes it was done very unconventionally and on very low to zero budget (laughs) (laughs) um but the reception was so good people wanted to see more they were like oh oh, that oh that's that's it (laughs) so when is the next one coming out ama is this a trailer when is the real thing coming on like (laughs) no this was really it. It was for her exam, but it was beautiful to feel that reception and support from people. Really, I think during this pandemic, there's been a lot of online support from people, so it was beautiful. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, is this the hardest project that you've ever had to do? No. Okay. <laughs> no, it it wasn't. Um, one of the. I wouldn't say it was a hard project, but it, um, okay, it was 2018 and I was doing Brazen to Alifa Buds. And at the same time, I was doing Sarafina. And at the same time, I was rehearsing for another musical, which was Cinderella. And I was in school all at the same time. So I would have to wake up at around, 4 30 or 5 a.m in the morning then prepare to go for two early for birds as the name suggests the rehearsals are really too early for the birds <laughs> <laughs> so uh we'd rehearse at 6 a.m to around maybe nine so i would then go to school after that and then finish my classes maybe at around 3 p.m and then go for sarafina rehearsals finish that maybe till around 5 or 6 p.m then 6 p.m i'm in for cinderella rehearsals till maybe around 8 30 and then now i go home to do my assignments and catch up with school so i would say for me that was a difficult time because uh each of those rehearsals had physical physical activity Mm -hmm. so we would start by working out or doing yoga in the morning. So you can imagine I've done in the morning and then the two rehearsals in the evening as well. And also remember, I'm learning lines at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to study for school to make sure that I pass. And that was the moment I fully realized that I'm a polymath. And a polymath is someone who is good at doing very many things and when they do very many things they fully excel and so I didn't realize it but I actually ended up on the dean's list for doing exceptionally well in school and then got the Sana Theater award for best yeah for best actress the same year so I I realized that I do well in high pressure situations and environments it's not very healthy for my high functioning anxiety but it um, enables me to always be at my best and always give my best and so I would say that was one of the most difficult times 
for Sarafina, we all didn't have a very good um, uh, experience as much as the outcome was very beautiful. The journey was very exhausting. Um, our director wasn't uh, as accommodating as we would have liked him to be. And so it was quite strenuous. Uh, during that time but I'm grateful for my family because I would go home and complain every single day and they would be there to support me they would be there uh, my mom making sure I have food asking me what have you eaten I've made for you this and this make sure you carry in your lunch tin tomorrow Uh, I made for you some fruit juices she always made sure that my immunity was you know, up top because then I started getting sick because of the excessive um, physical activity. Strain on your body, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would say also that was a time I was my most fit. I was very, very fit during that time because we would have three times a week, we would have dance rehearsals that are separate from the rehearsals we're having for theater. So we would um, run and do uh, exercises for an hour and a half. And then the rest of the hour and a half was now learning the dance steps. Yes, so it was quite a lot. And that's why most people say that theater actors are the best because they are well-trained compared to um, TV TV. or film. (laughs) Yes, um, because we have a lot of, um, uh, should I say, strength and stamina Yeah, to withstand a lot of things. Yeah, Matu and I were just talking the other day around, um, we listened to a podcast um, of Tim Ferriss interviewing first Hugh Jackman and then Matthew McConaughey. Mm. And then they all had, especially um, Hugh Jackman, he always goes back to theater. Yes. Sure. Um, yes. Is, is that the reason? Um, yes. Um, I would say it exercises your acting skills because with theater, you're maybe rehearsing for, well, it depends how, um, how the theater production Production setup setup, yeah Yeah. so you might rehearse for three months or you might rehearse for six months for something that you will do repeatedly for maybe five to ten shows right and so you're constantly rehearsing you're constantly refining you're constantly getting better tomorrow's rehearsal has to be better than today's the way you say this line the next show needs to be a little bit different ah these guys didn't laugh at this joke. Did I say it the wrong way? Delivery. How should I exactly <laughs> delivery? You got that. <laughs> so um, for TV, you don't have that. Most of them are really one take wonders or you have maybe an, a camp for maybe a month if you're lucky or a week hmm. again, if you're lucky hmm. or just a day when you're told, okay, guys, get your chemistry going. Okay. Let's rehearse that scene. Literally before you shoot, you rehearse the scene, even with the camera guy, with lights, props, everything. And then is when you shoot it and you cannot repeat that again. So it takes away from that excitement of doing things in a in a different way and also there is the live reception from theater which is so exciting Mm -hmm. rather than having um 20 crew members just there looking at you with their boom mics yeah they're not really concentrating on what you're saying or on the story 
they are more focused on the aesthetics right maybe the director is the one who is concerned about performance but everyone else is really concerned about aesthetics but with theater it's so different yeah yeah so that's why i would say guys like Hugh Jackman go back to to theater no wonder they are as phenomenal yeah. um uh, a friend of mine and i and uh, i got big up um always say one of the shows to watch and like just understand how bringing theater actors to even uh, a tv set mm. uh, would make magic would mm. be the good the good fight mm-hmm. the good fight if you haven't watched it just go out and check it out for me it's some of the best tv ever written okay. and um this guys uh, episode after episode keep bringing theater actors who mm. you normally wouldn't see on tv shows yeah. to just do this eccentric characters other performances out of this world yeah. so i totally agree i totally agree with yeah. you um so you mentioned the pre covid akinyi yeah <laughs> and we are talking about how tight 2018 was for you then came 2019 a couple of our projects then 2020 just happened yeah. so what what difference do you see between the person you were uh, the actor you were then and um you even said there are some roles you would have said yes to back then which you wouldn't uh, say yes to now what difference is there what difference is there what makes you Uh I I guess it's as simple as that. Yeah, I I I guess you get the question. Okay. Yeah. Um it really is evolution of self and just it's just like how in even in a white collar job, right? There are some things you wouldn't uh there's some jobs you wouldn't accept because you've umeomoka, umeelevate, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and that is what evolution is. It isn't just what Darwin Dar- it is it isn't just darwin's theory yeah. but it is um evolution of your mind and how do you apply that to your artistic world how do you apply that to your um emotional world mental world literally everything so i would say there is definitely a huge difference also because i had a different value system in terms of how i want my artistic journey to go and now i have a very different value system as to how i want my artistic journey to go and maybe that is what the journey is right constantly uncovering and discovering and being able to flow really i think a lot of people resist things and so the growth is extremely stifled so the pre covid akinyi and the the <laughs> covid akinyi post corona um the person i am now sees art as more valuable as more than just the awards and more than the glam more than the followers and the likes and people talking about your project it's much more than that really it's elevating the theater scene elevating the film industry and in turn being able to elevate the people who you are influencing the younger people who are like wow i want to be like akinyi when i grow up i want to act like akinyi she's so good wow 
right? What are we truly doing for such people? Mm. And we must always constantly remember that evolution is not just about you, but the people who come, you know, after, after you. you. What are you leaving? Something my father always used to tell me is, it's quite common, leave the place better than you found it. Yeah. Always leave people better than you found them. Yeah. Okay, mm. okay. You, you've just... Uh, talked about people who look up to you yeah in a way and this brings to mind the fact that you teach as well yeah um, how did that come come to be part of the things you do um i think naturally i am very good at instructing and so <laughs> my my father used to call me headmistress when I was young <laughs> because I really used to order people around. And um, you had at my graduation, one of my friends said, I was that girl in class who knew everything. Miss, I know. I know how to do it. <laughs> Let me show you. You know, so I think that has always been um, part of my nature. The first time I ever taught people anything was sex ed. Um, I was 10 and my mother had already given me the talk, but other people had not been hey, given the talk. Big Poor up, mom. them. And I was like, come guys, let me show you how it's done. There are drew ovaries <laughs> and whatnot. So that was exciting. Um, but recently I do teach educational speech and drama. I've been teaching for a year at the Helen O'Grady Drama Academy and also teaching yoga. Yes, which has been um, quite a beautiful experience, both for myself and my students. And one beautiful thing with teaching is you don't keep the knowledge to yourself and for yourself. It is to share and it is for other people. It is for us to discuss. And so I would say teaching is something that I would never stop doing. Yeah. Mm. 99% or 99.9% .9 of the things we do, despite how altruistic they could be, are selfish. Now, teaching for me is very selfish as well because I realize that I get to learn by teaching. Is that the same for you? Mm, yes. Yeah? I would say I do learn a lot from my students and I do learn um, a lot about myself because you see their reaction towards you and you're like, oh, Okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. Oh, I think I have an anger problem. Is this student really irritating or am I impatient? You know, but I guess it gives you a mirror if you want to look truly inward. It gives you a mirror to look um, at yourself and constantly improve yourself. And I mean, students remember the smallest of things. When we were organizing um, the graduation party, we went to the site and some random guy came up to my dad and was like, Mr. Oloch from Strathmore. Yeah, I remember you inspired me to kick a ball. Yeah, now we have a, a sports academy and I'm heading it. And I was like, wow, just that one thing that that one teacher did, whether he was showing off or not, you know, that's what that young boy took and ran with it. So it is selfish and selfless. At the same in, time, yeah. yeah. I mean, also in terms of ideas, one of the things I realize when teaching is, mm. is also I get to express my ideas and hear them out because you spend a lot of time with yourself thinking. Yes. The moment you talk, you realize, okay, um, this point does not really make sense. Mm. Um, and you know how you put your words together, how you, you articulate different things. Uh, by teaching, I realize, okay, I really don't have the best understanding of this thing. 
yeah. teaching. Yeah. And so I go back and work on it and then do it again. Um, so it, it's, uh, I agree with you. It's, it's an amazing experience getting to teach. Absolutely. Um, yoga, how, how was that? How did that even come about? Um, I've been practicing yoga for a long time, about six years. And I started it because I was searching and yearning for a deeper connection than just, oh, okay, aerobics, woo, yeah. I was searching for much deeper connection to my body, to my spirit, to resilience, um, to uh, actually the word yoga means union. So union of mind, body, and spirit. So I began practicing and it reached a certain point. I was like, I think I can teach. Uh, so I teach beginners uh, classes and I teach both individuals and uh, soon to start group classes. So for me, I would say teaching yoga has been very healing for myself and also for my students. Because when we go into the session, I have to be at a certain emotional and spiritual level that they can tap into. So I must always make sure that my cup is full before I go to my classes. And there are days when I feel like my cup is empty or it is half uh, <laughs> half empty or half full. Um, and I tell my students, today I'm not feeling so well. Let's do our class tomorrow. You know, it's not just one of those, let me go to work and just teach these people. No, it is much more than that because you're not only giving a service, you're giving an experience. And even the feedback that I get from my students or how we start the session, you can see maybe they're a little bit agitated. And by the end of the session, I always end my sessions with uh, meditation and breathing uh, instead of starting with um instead of starting with meditation and briefing i end with it so that you go into your day feeling more rejuvenated and feeling different from when you came into the session and you can physically feel the energy in the room changing you can physically see how the student has elevated themselves and even at the end when they just say thank you you can feel the difference so i would say giving that experience has been one of the most beautiful things mm. for me yeah. sounds like a, a a really profound experience yeah definitely as a is. teacher and as a student as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely and, and how do those three come together so you on one side you're teaching yoga you're also teaching the performing arts, yes. right? And you're also an actor yourself. Mm. Um, and, and then you're also a, psych a psychologist. Is that what you are now? Yeah, yeah? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> a bachelor of arts in psychology yeah. holder. Holder. Yeah, holder. Um, how, how do those three come together, um, especially in terms of um, two things? One, in how, how you organize your time, mm. because that's very important as well, mm. um, doing all these things. And, and also how you, you get the energy to do it. Mm. Uh, do they work seamlessly in harmony are there days when um you're like you know you have a bad experience at one mm. and then you end up having translating that experience to um, the other part of your life yeah. and not being able to compartmentalize okay yeah 
Well, um, I would say it is a gift, first of all, as a woman, to be able to multitask. And, and a to, polymath, you said. And yes. a polymath, yes. <laughs> to be able to multitask and handle a lot of things. One thing that is very extremely constant for me is meditation. I meditate every single day. And when I meditate in the morning, I... Um, as the Christians say, command your day. I command my day in the morning. What meditation do you do? Um, it mostly is visualization meditation where you're guided. Uh, I like doing guided meditations. So they guide you towards um, what you want to think about. So they don't necessarily dictate it for you. They ask you to visualize the goal. So it could be today I want to have a good day and you visualize that I have a yoga class in the morning I'll visualize how that will go how I'll be happy in that the meditation guides you to live and be in that medit in in that state of being like it is real right and you know your mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is fake right because when you're having a nightmare what happens you wake up and you're like <gasps> Because your mind didn't know that that was fake. It was a nightmare. It's not real. You don't really need to get scared. But you naturally do. And so that is one of the biggest powers we have as human beings is to be able to um, command our day, to be able to create our own reality. So I do visualization meditation and I also do uh, chakra meditations. So we have many chakras, but the main ones are the seven chakras yeah. yeah so i do a chakra meditation sometimes i do one every day for the seven chakras or if i'm feeling totally unbalanced then i will do a full chakra meditation in one day yeah yeah um, is there before we, you answer the rest of the question is yes. there a resource that you'd um recommend to people so for instance i'd recommend on the other side of vipassana for instance using yeah. apps like waking up yes waking up, up yeah, yeah. Um, and many other apps. Um, is, is there a resource you'd, you'd recommend? Um, I mostly use YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I sometimes I don't like listening to the same meditation, so I usually try out different ones, and mm -hmm. then the ones I like, I um, you know mark them and yeah. say these are the nice ones. And um, there is any teacher or any channel that. Um, I think we can link it down below. Okay. I've forgotten the name. Yeah, no, it's okay. We, we yeah. put that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I definitely usually use YouTube as a guide. Before, I would also use Calm, the application. Yeah, yeah Calm is a very good um, app. And it. we live in a very high-paced world, so it's important to, you know, set your day. So as I do my meditation and when I'm done, I've already set the energy that I want the day to go through. So whatever challenges I am faced with, I see it as a mirror of growth. And I always have a mantra, which I would say changes every day um, or every week. And sometimes my mantra will be just get through the week. You know, and sometimes the mantra will be, you are in control of your happiness. Nobody can give you happiness. Happiness comes from within you. So you decide to bring it out. 
And sometimes that is the mantra. And sometimes the mantra is the reward is bigger than the struggle. So just keep going, <laughs> you know. And sometimes the mantra is I don't have to struggle. I just have to flow. So mantras really help me get through um, the day and get through the challenges, quote unquote, and how it all ties together every part of our lives, um, whether we realize it or not, or whether we want to admit it or not, are very interconnected. But we like to compartmentalize things, you know. And so I would say my the psychology career ties in very well with yoga and wellness and mental uh, health well-being. and mental well-being exactly so i would call it well-being in totality when i teach my little kids um, most of them are four five years old <laughs> and you can see at the end of the term the parents are saying how confident this child is, how they are sharing more with their friends, how they are more active in doing things in the house, in doing their homework. Sometimes before the class starts, they say, Miss, you know, I finished my homework early today, you know, and when you praise them, wow, that was a very good job, John, very nice. And you can see how that positive affirmation is giving them uh, so much joy and so much happiness and is raising their self-worth and their confidence. Wow, my teacher said, I acted well today. I feel good, right? And being able to give such an experience and such a gift to children is definitely going to pay off in our society, right? And so all these things are um, interconnected, even as a performer, right? What kind of stories are we telling and how are we inspiring people? How are we telling people's stories? When we did Brazen, we talked about phenomenal women, some of which have passed and some of whom are alive, like Field Marshal Muthoni, and she came to actually watch the show. And um, after she watched the show, she opened her uh, kitamba and her, uh, we were told that she never shows anybody her dreadlocks. Amazing. Yes. So she opened and they were knee length dreadlocks. And she said, the day that I, the, the day our country gets its independence is the day I will cut my dreadlocks in front of you women who have honored me. She said it in Kikuyu, it was translated. And for me, that was one of the most beautiful, we were all there just like, <laughs> um, and it was such a beautiful experience to see how you don't have to wait for someone to be dead to honor them. You don't have to wait for someone to die in order to tell their story. Right? Give them their flowers now. Exactly. Yeah. While they are still alive. So I would say all of those things definitely tie together in how are we helping human beings to be the best version of themselves? How are we offering them mirrors to heal their wounds, to look at their flaws, to look at their strengths, to look at how they can help society become better and better? Yeah. That's beautiful, Maze. Um So... Today, today we, we, we have plus two and three uh, in studio with us, uh, which is beautiful. 
na tunapewa signal ya ehe okay guys now we are going we are segueing <laughs> into the personal uh, so right before we do that i have one last question that will hopefully help us do that yeah mm-hmm. uh, let's talk poetry yeah wow. so we'll talk poetry professionally first then uh, take it personally yeah so i do know you do consume a lot of poetry and you do write some yourself mm-hmm. so from the professional side um kwani yeah. we know kwani because of Binya. Binya yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's like the OG. Yeah. Um then every other thing that has come off that. Mm. Then to come to a time where you're now emceeing, how did your interest in poetry help you find yourself there? Well, um as you may or may not know, uh, my father is an author and so he was Binyavanga's friend. And so he's done a lot of work for Kwani in the recent years. And we'd go for events. He'd tag us along for um, book launches or the ones that are not at night. (laughs) (laughs) Book launches and uh, a lot of the other Kwani events or um, writing related events or just poetry related events actually my father was the the first time i went for a poetry event my father actually took me for one it was slam africa hey. <laughs> yeah so um and people weren't believing it they're like your dad brought you what <laughs> and so my first emceeing gig was actually at slam africa um and from then on i gained uh, such a profound interest in poetry and how it says so much in very little words instead of reading a whole book i could give you the same experience in a couple of paragraphs so i also got very interested in not just the poetry for reading but in spoken word and how poets would perform their pieces you know great poets like abu sens mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so i would um i told myself why not why not try write something so i began writing poetry of which i've not really shared with the public but maybe with close friends like you mato um you've experienced uh, some of my poetry yes. is it nice <laughs> it's an honorable experience uh-huh. yes definitely um so when i i was my first kwani emceeing gig was actually this year in february just before i know it really feels like this year has been five years in one honestly yeah. Uh, so it was in February and of course now Kwani had, Kwani open mic had not been there for a very long time. Yeah. So a couple of people, you know, were interested, but the turnout wasn't very good. But now that there haven't been many events and, you know, Kwani is up, uh, Kwani open mic is up and running. Everyone is really excited to come and, um, to come and watch and to come and experience poetry. And we have a very great poet with us, Mufasa, yeah. who's going to be the featured artist and actually the first male poet that i think i fell in love with you know it's so easy to fall in love with poets they really just carry you somewhere and you're like wow but then you realize the poet not the person yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is it uh, the poet or the poem 
Mm. Maybe it's how the poet delivers the poem, right? And um, he was one of the first poets I absolutely fell in love with. Um, And it was his delivery. It was the way he used his words and how he made us feel. And you can almost, it's like a tangible feeling that you can feel around the entire room you're like what has that done to me that's beautiful how can i do that for other people i can write why not make other people feel the same way you know and those are positive feelings and when you elevate society or your friends circle to that place naturally whatever is around you shall elevate i'm sure you've heard of um, these buddhist buddhist monks that are put in certain countries to meditate and then the gdp goes higher um suicide rates go lower depression goes lower because they are at a very high state of consciousness that it has it energetically multiplies yeah yeah, yeah. Domino yeah. exactly the, and the, I th- the statistician would ask is that a correlation <laughs> or a causation but that's a question for another day yeah so i think really that's what poetry made me feel yeah and that's how i wanted to um, make other people feel, feel and connect well. to did, poetry uh, when did you when did you put down your first two three lines was it when you were younger? Is it something you did as a teen? When when did this journey begin? Um, I yeah, the first song I ever wrote was um, you know this tune by was it Bach or what is this other um, famous pianist? So help me out, mm, guys. No. The famous musician who's who was the first one to write music and uh, who are you talking no about idea. beethoven chincha yeah i think it was beethoven yeah so there's this thanks Mato. Do, 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 that, that's not a success card <laughs> <laughs> okay well that is the yeah. you know the tune and that was the first i wrote a song with uh with that tune and i was like pretty nice you know i can keep going so i kept doing a lot of trial Do you and remember error the words? i welcome jesus into my heart <laughs> into my heart into my heart i think i was really i was 11 and i was in love with jesus, jesus. yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was going. the first song i ever wrote in a pink barbie diary wow and um since then i guess i gained more courage to write more songs so I wrote I wrote a lot of songs and then I didn't have the courage to share them with other people so I gave one of my friends who had a beautiful voice I was like maybe you can make use of this song book me mm-hmm. I'm not sure I don't know so that's how those songs went yeah. some of them I really don't remember what I wrote but from 2018 I told myself that I must put myself out there a little bit more yeah so i would say actually the first poem i wrote um was in 2018 and it was largely inspired by two early birds and 
for me to Alifa Birds was a phenomenal experience because I'd never been in a room with such powerful women ever before. Um, I always equated power, success, and excellence to masculine energy and not to feminine energy. Feminine energy almost felt like weakness to me. And for me, that was my first encounter with um, success, femininity, and power. And it pushed me to be my authentic self and not to be afraid to put my voice out there. There's this quote, I think it was Oprah who said it, I might paraphrase it, that if you're not afraid of rejection or what people would say or failing, wouldn't you go ahead and do that thing that you want to do? Or acceptance as well. Acceptance, yeah. Yeah, not being accepted is being rejected. Yeah. 100%. But also, if yeah. you don't care about acceptance. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. you. I get you. <laughs> so you yeah. don't care if people will accept you yes but you also don't care if people reject, reject you. it mm. just being in your words exactly yeah? Yeah. yeah so i learned um the art of femininity the art of being a human being and not just a human doing doing oh we are doing this poetry thing because we are good at it no we are sharing our words sharing our experience because we like to do that mm. not to um be popular or to gain something in return tell us about powerful women around you family mother aunties and this is picking off brazen and uh that feminine energy we are talking about are there are there people you've journeyed with over the years who everything you are right now has a lot to do with them Mm. Well, there are many women who've played a role in the woman I have become, either by watching them make their mistakes and them coming to tell me, don't you ever do that. Eh? Don't give a man this. Don't do that for a man. You're like, okay, I wish there was a video. (laughs) (laughs) She's very expressive. eh? She's very expressive. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, Mm. Yeah, so um, I would say... One of the biggest influences is my mother. By My mother is a great lover, a very, very good lover. She will love you and your friends and even the ones you don't like, she will still love them. And it is beautiful to watch her love like that. And that is also how I have learned to love. Um, but I have also seen her fall I have seen her rise in her power and I have journeyed with her being the first fruit of her womb from the time she was actually my age, about um, 24, 25, when she gave birth to me. And so subconsciously, I have grown with her and her experiences have shaped my experiences by her. She would tell me, don't do this. And I would do it and then be like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. But it's not that I shouldn't have done that. It's what lesson did I learn from that? Another great woman who I greatly admire and have written numerous poems about is Sitawa Namwalie. She's been, uh, I would say, almost like a second mother to me since Brazen. Um, 
I had encountered her work, of course, through my dad, her books that were at home. And um, when we met during Brazen, there was an activity that we did. Wanjiko made us do this activity and she said, we're not going to stop this activity until someone cries. And I was like, me to cry? Why? For what? So the activity was you're supposed to sit um, adjacent to someone and say, you make me feel, and then you say what they make you feel. And by the time I well, it, I said, you make me feel loved, and Sitawa said, I don't remember what she said. By the time it was getting to my part for the second, you make me feel, I had already broken down. down. And everyone came around me and hugged me. And that was when I... I realized what these women have done for me and what they have done for my growth, not only as an artist, but also as a woman, just seeing that it is possible for you. It is reachable for you. You can do it. It is not out of reach for you. And that was something I used to always feel. It's like, it's for other people. It's mm. not for me. As we just go support hype. But Sitawa made me feel that it was possible for me too. And so I greatly um, admire her. Um, another uh, great phenomenal woman is Lupita. Yes, and... People are like, oh, you guys look alike. I mean, in high school, I used to lie that she was my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> because I was in an Indian school. How would they know? They yeah. wouldn't. So, um, and I remember when I cut my hair. I cut my hair in 2012 when she won her Oscar. Yeah. I was like, I want to look it's like that her. Long ago. Yeah. yeah. Life Imagine. <laughs> yeah. So I cut my hair and I was like, wow, wow, wow. You look like Peter. Wow. You're going to be our next Lupita. It felt nice. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be the next Lupita, but um, it was just beautiful to be able to watch her um, claim her power to watch her thrive in her femininity to watch her thrive in her artistic journey you know and I mean last year she posted me on her Instagram hello she did hello yeah so <laughs> the book uh, Sulwe was not yet out, but of course, Junior had gotten it, uh, her brother Junior. And uh, that time we were doing Twirly for Birds Tomboya edition, and I was uh, behind the scenes. I wasn't able to be on stage because I was doing my practicum for my um, for school. So I was behind the scenes, and I was like, hey, I would like to read this book. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll bring it tomorrow. And I was like, you have it? Yeah. Okay. So we read it. Every single page, I cried. There was not a page I flipped and wasn't like, <laughs> that's how we were reading it with uh, one of my friends, Doana. And so after that, we just did a short video and we were like, this book is so profound, especially being in an Indian school and being a black girl. We were very few. And so we were not necessarily the favorites you know and then you're in high school you are looking for a boyfriend but nobody wants to date you <laughs> not because you're not beautiful but because their moms will ask them what are you doing with a black girl please um 
And so for me, it was very affirming because I was very insecure about my skin color, um, very insecure about um, my worth as a dark-skinned girl, as a brown-skinned girl. So people like Lupita who made it, they didn't necessarily have to have certain attributes like being light-skinned or relaxing your hair. Hey, tulichom wanyuele. With those beautiful beginnings, relaxers, yeah, she knows them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And seeing a dark-skinned woman with short hair, you know, being in magazines, getting an Oscar, it felt attainable and possible. And it's not, it's just for those people, you know, they were lucky, they were, no, it's possible for me too. So just being able to be told and to feel and believe that it is possible for me too was one of the best gifts people like Lupita and Sitawa have given me. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, that's on the women's side. Mm. You've mentioned your father mm. um, a couple of times. Mr. Oluwachi. Mr. Oluwachi. Mm. Um, tell us about your relationship as we segue now into kind of um, the person you are. Mm. Well, he was that dad who never beat us, actually. But that look when he looks at you and you're like, I'm very disappointed in you. You're just like, just give me three strokes, please. That is much worse. And he has a very strong voice. Yeah, yeah quite. And, yeah, <laughs> there are a couple yeah. of people who actually thought he was a cop before, but yeah. he wasn't. Um, he was a very, I would say, gentle disciplinarian but very firm some things i honestly think were very unnecessary but it's beautiful to watch your parents grow i don't know if you guys have you know experienced watching your parents grow in parenting and uh some of the restrictions you're like come on it was very unnecessary but you understand some of their fears you know i don't want her to you know go astray or go this way and i want her to stay on the right path and i mean i did Mm. um our relationship has been very artistically fueled so a lot of our conversations are on books or movies um sports movies like coach carter the blind side you know and we just talk about how in society, things work a certain way, how um, people are wired. He would, you know, uh, throw a book at me and be like, you need to read this book. Then after the book, we'd discuss something. So I would say it was more artistically fueled. And with my mom, it was very emotionally fueled. You know, you look sad today. What's wrong? Come, let's talk. Uh, let's cook some merenda together. Come and show you how it's done. So I would say I've had a very good um, balance in terms of um, the emotional side and, you know, my artistic um, career side. And I remember my father would drop me for rehearsals for Brazen every morning and he would always tell me, I'm so happy you're with women who challenge you. Eh? I'm so happy. Yeah, you're with women like Alea Kasam, Sitawa. Hey, wow, that's nice. How is the experience? What are you learning? You know, he's always been very interested in my evolution of self and growth. And I do appreciate that about him quite a lot. 
and he's also a very thoughtful person. Eh? Um, has that also inspired you to be very reflective of life? Um, yes, I would say. Yes, I would say it has. Um, I think being, I'm an astrology girl, so being a Pisces, <laughs> I would say Pisces uh, are very intuitive and very reflective naturally. So I would say maybe he just heightened that or he saw that in me and, you know, fueled it and channeled it because he's quite the introvert and my sister is uh very similar to him very introverted and you know reflective and she won't bother to go through certain experiences cuz she'll just be like mm, I've seen that person go through that experience and no but Akinyi's like no let's experience I want to feel I want to know I want to write a song about this I want to write poetry about this experience so um yeah I would say he he's someone who's supported my art and supported my career and my personality and i appreciate that about him yeah, yeah. You, you sang a song i um, remember what was the name of that song um, what are the words of that song uh, jesus in my heart uh, <laughs> yeah i actually wrote that down yeah, what are the words i welcome jesus into my life just sing it one more time <laughs> i welcome jesus into Hello. my heart into my heart into my heart are you still friends with jesus um I am friends. Mm, that's a very deep question. Let's say we are getting to know each other truly again from scratch. Not again. I realized I didn't know who he was in truth. I knew who he was from people and from religion and i've come to experience spiritual teachers in a very different way than i was accustomed to and you know how people have that cliche saying of i'm spiritual i'm not religious, religious. <laughs> so i leaned more into spirituality and i think i've said this word a million times today evolution of self <laughs> um and i that's what busy being born is by the way yeah. Yeah. evolution of self so yeah. you still in the theme of the episode you're very fantastic. much at home yeah. Yeah. fantastic yeah. yeah so i leaned more into spirituality and into um looking deeper within myself and i said I want to learn from as many spiritual teachers as I can and I don't want to be told what the absolute truth is by anybody else. I want to experience the absolute truth. And I think that you must be open, willing and ready to experience absolute truth because there are things that you might not be willing to accept there are things that you might not be willing to incorporate into your spiritual life because that's not how you have been raised and there's something my sister always says hey 
you've changed the religious you right now would have said a b c d e f g and i'm like oh yeah i guess i've grown and i've realized it is more about my growth and my evolution and how my energy impacts other people rather than being evangelical and um quote unquote preaching the word but living the word something mahatma gandhi said he said i i like jesus and his teachings but his followers do not behave like their master and there are many things that have gotten lost uh in translation very many things and so i would say i have a different relationship with with jesus and his words and his life yeah yeah okay so mm. uh, i i i feel with that question we were now swimming into philosophies around life mm. um and i remember when we thought about uh giving you a call and inviting you for the podcast we yeah. just hosted uh i think two guests by then mm. and um for the first for the first interview we felt um definitely a very very powerful human being mm-hmm. uh that inclines to this way of looking at life and religion and for the second one as well we felt a different take then uh, commander and i sharing were like oh how about for the next one we get a guest who's uh, slightly more fluid and open at looking at religion and indoctrination of religion uh, and that is how we ended up thinking about you mm-hmm. yeah uh, so my question would be now feeding off religion Mm-hmm. you've spoken about the different teachers mm-hmm. who do you now uh sort of i wouldn't say follow uh i would say who do you now the tools that you use to journey life on or with who do you borrow the most from um can i make it interesting and make you guys guess hey jump in who do you think is right now um one of the most influential spiritual leaders chronics <laughs> <laughs> yes hello yeah chronics and john 9 for sure <laughs> yeah yes absolutely so because, because yeah. you guys can't see what we're doing a <laughs> commander just unajua mind blown alikuwa oh snap i'm on the same page yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well that's part of it but guess yeah. again the pope seriously the pope no no okay. i mean he's tried <laughs> he's, i i th- i think i tried. i have a feeling uh, so, but i i also don't want to so yeah satguru wow yeah? up to yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so satguru is my guru <laughs> if i should say um i've learned a lot from him a lot and um you know what satguru means the guru of joy okay yes so he would say has given me a very different perspective on life on how there was something i was listening to today in the morning and he was saying this whole thing of love your enemies why would you make an enemy and then make yourself love them 
Why just not make them an enemy? Why do they have to be an enemy? And then you're forced to love them, right? Amazing. C- can I just interject there? So Please. Chronix says a similar thing. Uh-huh. So Chronix says he doesn't. You know, as a, as a raster, the raster he is, mm. he does not have enemies, but there will be people who are not for you. Yeah. You don't have any bad feelings towards anyone, yeah. but you acknowledge that Mato is not for me. That, yeah. yeah. But my responsibility is to love them. Yes. Acknowledge, absolutely. okay, Akini is for me, Mato is not for me. I know that for a fact. Yeah. But the love that comes from me is all the same. Mm. Yeah. And wonderful. Yeah. It's it's beautiful to see how there are so many people on that similar wavelength. And you'll find a lot of those people came from very religious backgrounds right most of them were either you grew up in the church and that was all you knew you know you knew that it's it's just you guys going to heaven i don't know about the rest of the people but it's just us and it almost made it feel like this exclusive club and i was like but it's spiritualities for everyone why is what why does it have to be exclusive so in daystar we were forced to study <laughs> um a particular subject called ret 320 for the Desterians who might know it and it's christianity and islam and the first christian i ever ever respected in my entire life of being a christian in my previous years was our lecturer not your dad <laughs> no <laughs> he would she would uh quote the quran and be like she would give us there would be like two three copies circulating around the the class and she would tell us oh this is um yeah this and this and is what it says right please just check for me surah something something and you're like wow she had been to mecca she had brought um i think he was an imam who came to our class to teach us on a particular day and we learned so much about islam you know from him and i realized why don't why don't the christians around me read why don't they know about other religions and other cultures and this is a very different side of jesus he molded a bird and blew life into it and it was flying what that he did that okay so everyone has their own version of the story okay let's go deeper so now i went very deep into searching for i wouldn't call it answers but i would say searching for truth and so i went um deep to people like dr ray haggins you know who tells you how the council of nicaea uh, in 925 AD, if I'm not wrong, uh, the ones who created the whole concept of Jesus, you know, and how the now you keep going, keep reading, and you realize how the colonialists were using um, Christianity as a way of oppression, and it still happens even in this present day and age. Um, you look at the hypocrisy um in the church in the people around you and you say you know what i don't think i want to live this kind of lifestyle and if i'm damned to hell then so be it and there's something Sadhguru said if you make this 
your body or your mind, your spirit pleasant within you at all times, then even if you go to hell, you will not have a problem because you have pleasantness within you. And so one thing that we truly need to focus on is how do we create pleasantness and bliss within us and what tools will you use? Um, I also listen to Alan Watts a lot. I don't know if you guys do. If you don't, you should. And he speaks a lot on Taoism and the art of flow, how water is so powerful but is not um, put in a particular uh, it is not constricted, so to say. It can break through boulders. It can cause a flood. It quenches your thirst. But what does it constantly do? Moving. It flows. It's always moving and without, you know, resistance. And when we resist, we don't change. And when people say change is hard, change is not hard. It's resistance to change that's hard. And Buddha is the one who said that. And so when we go through life, we resist so much. And that's why we say we are suffering. We are this. We don't have that. We don't have this. But how do is uh, an analogy I always use? What is the difference between the Rastafarians um, living um, a very airy lifestyle, as they call it, and Wase Ushago? What is truly the difference? The guys in Ushago feel that they are inferior. They don't see the blessings in literally climbing a tree and picking avocado. They don't see the blessings in having your own food, growing your own food. You're not paying rent. Yeah. You have your own house. You have more time. Backyard to kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. You have more time to read. You have more time to elevate yourself as opposed to us who are in the city. You're constantly hustling for the next thing because if you're not, you'll be kicked out of your house unless you've bought a house, right? And when you look at the Rastafarians, they pride them themselves so much in having the backyard to kitchen experience, being simple, living a very relaxed life, you know, as the Italians would say, dolce far niente, mm -hmm. the sweetness of doing nothing, and really being a human being, not a human doing. doing. And so that mentality of the guys from the rural area and the Rastafarians, the only difference is mentality because they have the same things. And so the biggest... Thing I would say for us human beings to realize is that it's all in the mind. You have the power to create whatever reality you want to create for yourself. Do you create reality or you change the concept of reality? Because reality, if you actually think about it, does not change. It, changes, it changes because mm. um, if I die, my reality changes you are all in my reality right now. And if I die, I will go into a different reality, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But for you, where you are sitting, this is your reality. The way you see this couch is not the same way Mato sees it. It's not the same way I see this couch. So everyone possesses their own 
sense of reality and perception. Yes, I would say that. And so when, I guess when I say you create your own reality, maybe the uh, more appropriate word to use is perception. Mm -hmm. Yes, and how you perceive things. And the way you perceive things, what does that do? It creates your reality yeah, 100% yeah, yeah yeah so if you feel uh, struggle i don't have this i don't have that i'm i'm nothing you know my brother has gone to the city he's doing well you don't know that he's sleeping four hours a day and struggling while you are getting eight mm. hours and your food is right there you know what are our priorities that's also another thing that creates our reality and influences our perception of things so amazing hey hey we could we could do this for days right that was beautiful so, yeah that so those beautiful. are my those are my influences yeah yeah alan watts Sadhguru, mm-hmm. um and janine <laughs> janine oh that woman is so phenomenal we'll share a link to janine yeah i'm, I'm yeah. a very big sure. fan of janine I, ju- i just didn't realize that janine was in the country in kenya this year oh my so broken it was so broken it was so broken because i realized the day she was leaving the mm. day she was leaving imagine she was i'm here. so sorry um i can send you my videos pictures oh, <laughs> tell me you buy me a ticket to go see her um, what? um yeah, yeah she had two shows actually one was very intimate it was like yes with the fans, yes um, yes in and then she had a super super one. amazing show Mm. Um, we have that in common i'm a very big yeah. fan of that and yeah. i've just learned that she was in the country so <laughs> yeah she was yeah the there you, know you go Janine was yes before. i did of course i did before we actually leave on that um uh vibe that we were on mm-hmm. this is a very open question yeah it's a very open question why do you think we are here i feel like with here as human beings yeah or i was like i thought you're like here in this podcast i was gonna be like because we're busy being yeah. born <laughs> and, and feel no. free to take that question in any direction yeah mm, i think there are many very many explanations to why we are here and when we are constantly thinking of why we are here we don't do what we are here to do wow. yeah okay um there are i mean there's a perception of we are all it's like um the analogy was of uh, a flower vase um and that is god or source um breaking into pieces and we as human beings are the pieces and our ultimate goal is to become that one vase again and so we are all essentially one all of us are one thing one union one consciousness but we are broken down into fragments of human beings of this tangible body that dies right And so I believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience but we get very caught up in the human experience 
I mean, it's fun living in this world. Mm. It's so much fun. It's exciting. But we get very caught up in discrimination and no, it should be like this. It should be like that. No, those people don't know. These are the ones who know. But everyone is on their path of evolution. And um, in the Western world, they believe in karma and um, reincarnation. Reincarnation. That's the word, yes. And so... I personally do believe uh, in reincarnation. And I mean, I don't remember my past lives and I don't think I really want to. Um, And so I feel that our ultimate purpose is to elevate our consciousness. You know, the hierarchy of uh, consciousness, right? From the lower vibrational ones to the highest and the highest being enlightenment. And people who experienced enlightenment are people like Jesus, people like Buddha um, and others that we actually don't even know of, right? And so I would say our ultimate goal is to get to enlightenment so that we can ultimately become that one flower vase mm. again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Kamande. Amazing. No, yeah. I'm, I'm truly, truly amazing. Um, busy being born. Busy being born. Yeah. Aya, let's get to the play. Let's get to the play, yeah? You sure you want to go there? Let's do it, Maze. Uh, what, what, what play? <laughs> no, um, no, we just play with peas. So we do uh, the professional, then the personal, mm. then play around around philosophies. Okay. Although I have one final question. Though. Yeah, before yeah. we get into the play. Um, what's what does the future hold for you? What are you working on um, future projects? Um, where is where are you looking to go with this journey on spirituality, um, especially bringing in all these different facets, yoga, mm. teaching, acting, performing arts? I think the beauty of being a human being and the beauty of living in this world is not knowing what the future holds. And I find that journey very exciting. It's like, mm. I don't know what tomorrow will be like. I don't even know if I'll be alive. I don't know. I literally don't know. And that excitement is very beautiful. And it helps me live in gratitude, in a lot of gratitude. Um, But what I plan as a human (laughs) for my future, um, I definitely do want to evolve and have as many mirrors as possible. And so whether the mirror will be a romantic relationship, whether the mirror is going to be a professional experience, whether the mirror is going to be a job at the UN or uh, doing my master's abroad or, you know, uh, Prince Harry's wife dies and I become his wife. You know, you really never know what could happen in this world. Did Meghan Markle think she would be in the royal family? I don't know if she did, um, but she ended up there. So the beauty is not knowing what the future holds for you. But I want to have as many mirrors as possible so that I can evolve as much as possible. And whatever that evolution journey um, looks like, for me, I'm ready and willing to explore that. And because I have opened myself to that readiness of evolution, whatever will help me evolve will come to me. But I have to see it as a stepping stone, as a mirror to my growth. So I want to grow in as many areas as possible, whether it be as an artist, um, I am self-publishing a poetry book next year 
So yeah, that's exclusive news. Hey, had it right here. Maybe by the time other people are listening to this <laughs> podcast, I'll have like you know fifty books out. Hello. You never know. Um, so that's something I would definitely like to be sharing more. Um, I used to share a lot. I had a blog, and I have a YouTube channel that has been inactive for a long time because I used to share a lot, and then I realized, let me go inward, reflect a little bit, learn a bit more, and then now go back into it. So there is definitely a lot coming as a psychologist or BA psychology holder. (laughs) I will, um, I want to help people uh, to see their situations in life as mirrors for their inner growth yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and and i guess as, as as a follow-up question to that yeah um do we, do you think that you will practice psychology at any point is that something that has you crossed practice your mind? psychology every day every single as, day as a professional ah okay if, i don't think i would be a therapist okay. um especially for long-term therapy maybe um doing there's um Actually, this is something someone I didn't mention. She's called Lisa Oliveira. So her page on Instagram is Lisa Oliveira Therapy. And she does therapy for women. So she does something called prompting. So she will ask questions. Um, she'll post the questions. And you're supposed to use those questions to now journal yourself. So maybe she will ask, um, are you afraid of wearing red lipstick? Or are you afraid that people will comment about the red lipstick. That's just something very simplistic. So I would say if I was ever to practice being a psychologist, it would be in that way in terms of um, short-term therapy or maybe online influence and encouragement. And um, yeah, but I really don't see myself sitting in a room mm. with <laughs> yeah. with a with a patient and being like, so let's talk. But I do. The reason I ask that yeah. is, is because I honestly think that you would be very useful if yeah. you ever decided to do that Thank to you. a lot of people. I think it's a lot of work because I'm an empath naturally and so that comes with a lot of yeah yeah. i will carry your problems home and i don't want to do that and i guess it's a skill that you learn that psychologists do learn not to carry their people their clients problems home but it's very difficult to to do that so now you can imagine if i have 10 clients Mm. on my roster okay that's not healthy you're not allowed to do that but um it would be i think i would get um overwhelmed so i guess the short-term ones where you go to a school every month and encourage the girls and talk to them have small you know group sessions and i'm actually in a mentorship program um called girls for girls that was started, uh, I think, four years ago by some Harvard students. So um, they teach you how to mentor younger ladies by you being mentored yourself. Yeah. So I guess maybe I would go into mentorship more than Actual direct therapy. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but thank you for telling me I'd be useful. I appreciate that. No, just based on this discussion and mm. um, you have a lot of knowledge and 
um, you obviously um, research on a lot of things. Um, mm. you know, that that's something that the world would use. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And it will definitely find its forms in different ways. Yeah. So, hey, all the best with that. Ah, yeah. So this is you in front of uh, the whole of Africa, yeah? Yeah. Maybe the rest of the world is watching. Okay. Maybe it is. Uh, but you know your audience is at least 95% of the Africans are watching you on this platform. And you're next to... The people we look up to as Africans, so dead or alive, think about all of them. So the Desmond Tutus mm. and the Dedan Kemadis and Akinyi is there, standing right there. But today, Akinyi is not speaking. Akinyi probably has a t-shirt. And on this t-shirt is an image or a sentence or a quote or something small and short. What would you choose the statement on that t-shirt for you? to be meaning what would you tell africans without having an opportunity to speak to them for an hour that is so much pressure mato <laughs> you should have told me so that i think about it yeah um no top of but, mind um, what comes what comes to your heart to your mind right now know thyself know thyself yeah i think um as a lot as africans we are being we are our being has been defined for us by many things and a lot of us have not had the privilege of living in pre-colonial times and so we don't know how that world feels like and i do definitely believe in the evolution of africans and not not trying to live in pre-colonial times not mm. trying to go back to those pre-colonial times because we live in a new world we live in the new age world where we have cell phones we've got um access to so many different things a lot of africans are multilingual right so should i say no as africans we need to be having this conversation in kiswahili no, we need to be. But now it is literally Africa to the world. And now language has become, yeah, you speak English, okay. That doesn't make you any less African. And something that uh, Sitawa always tells me when I complain about something and she's like, that doesn't make you any less Kenyan. It doesn't make you any less African. It doesn't make your experience of being an African or being a Kenyan any less because you didn't go to an eight for four school and you didn't eat Gideri that was put for <laughs> kerosene. Just because you didn't go through that doesn't make you any less of a Kenyan or any less of an African. And so that's, I think, what I would say. Know thyself. Fantastic. Truly know thyself. Truly know thyself. Yeah. And Kenyan is just a border. Yeah, exactly. It mm. really so is. Africa. They're yeah. all just Medali. Um, <laughs> yes. Look at how you've looked at me like, does she know what that... Are you ready? Ah. A, no, 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 no. I, I totally do not question your ability. I'm just like, are you sure you'll know this one? Okay, okay, okay. Mchovia um, Asali. Uh-huh. Dash, oh, dash, dash, oh, I'm the one to, con- yes. to continue it. Kamilisha Medali. Kamilisha Medali. Siwezi Kamilisha hiyo, siwezi kukudanganya. Matu, do you know that one? 
Kulamba vidole. Don't they don't dip their finger just once? once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. You know what? Uh, on that note, I I really think that's the kind of vibe you get from Akinye. Like true story. Mm. The moment you spend a day or a podcast with her, <laughs> you're like, ah, uh-uh, this can be. We it. need another episode. Huh? We need <laughs> we need another episode. Yeah, mm. uh, but yeah, that's what came to mind. Yeah. That's what Thank came you. to mind. Had to mara moja. Had to chovi chovi again. Did you use uh? uh be methali because your podcast is busy being, being born, born and it is fun, um sponsored, sponsored by, by beyond, beyond entertainment <laughs> no no that was purely, intentionally. purely coincidental purely <laughs> by chance see, yeah by chance um um who's your when you look at african heroes mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. top of your mind who comes to mind as the guy you're like or oh, oh lady mm-hmm. you're like ah if i had a, a comic book that would be my superhero no matter the times mm-hmm. living or dead mm-hmm. <laughs> i think mekatilili Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Just quick fire. Just quick fire. Uh, <laughs> a cat or a dog? A dog. I Hello. have dogs. <laughs> oh yeah. How many dogs do you have? Two. Okay. Good. Yeah. They're yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, they're such good emotional support. I don't understand why people don't have dogs. I mean, yeah. they're high maintenance. They're a lot of work, but. Yeah. yeah. or mabuyu. Mabuyu. Yeah. What color? Red. Okay. So that I can shoot the seed at people. Did you guys have to do that? <laughs> oh, you accumulate yeah, the seeds and then you're like... Like you rub it. Ah, that's you rub it. So then you go and choma someone. Yeah, 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 that was insane. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you so much, Akini, for oh. making time to wow, feed us. Wow, time um, has gone so fast. Yeah. Um, that was beautiful. Our bosses tell us that we are way past time. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> but it's because the conversation is just... Amazingly, that's mm. great. Being yeah. So, thank you so much for making time. We've learned a lot from you, and we hope that the people who will listen to this podcast will also learn a lot mm. and continue busy being born. Busy as being born. They journey towards the top of the pyramid of awareness and enlightenment. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. So, guys, Asante Nisana has been like whatever you are doing, like if you're driving to work, whatever you're doing, we so appreciate that you've spent that time to uh, listen to us and our wonderful guest. And we keep telling you, Africa is is beautiful in so many ways mm-hmm. and we prove it to you by giving you guests that uh, are so freaking profound and their minds have journeyed and their thoughts are like very out of this world and at all whether african or not just as a human being just know that uh, if you choose to keep busy being born then you're definitely on the right path yeah that's definitely what, that's on what the right all of us path. are trying to do and, and yeah we, we hope to bring more of these stories to you and as always remember that 
Well, to say our final quote. Remember that you'll find us on uh, social Absolutely. media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. You can us find on us on social media. Um, what's our Twitter handle? Twitter handle is at 2bborn. That's the number 2, the letter B, then B-O-R-N. To be born podcast. That's the same handle as our Instagram. Yeah. IG. Um, on Facebook, we are the Busy Being Born podcast. Asante nisana. Um, so share with your friends if you think there's someone who'd use some of these stories. Um, they've been immensely beneficial to us, even as as the hosts, just sitting here and listening to amazing guests. And you're doing a great job at it. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Very great job. Asante sana. Asante sana. So yeah. So before the final close. Anyone who's been uh, mentioned in the cause of this, we salute you and we look forward to having you. So, Mufasa, Nyokafi, eh, Lupita. Yes, we can't wait to have you. Yes, we can't wait to have you with us. Alan, Alan Watts. Watts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Asante sana. And remember, remember, ladies and gents, if you're not busy being born, then you're probably busy not living. Peace. Que go do? Peace, comrade. Peace, Akini. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do look out for more from us. For now, Kwaheri. <laughs>